Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pure Thoughts is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Pure Thoughts comes direct from legends of the game as they share secrets of their success. Welcome to Pure Thoughts, Pat Summit. You heard that right. The legendary coach who passed away in 2016 was a giant in the sport of basketball, not women's basketball, basketball, period. She did some interviews in 2008 and 2009 where she revealed a lot of what made her tick. And we're going to go back in time to hear her story in her own words. When the native of Clarksville, Tennessee, took over as head coach of the Lady Vols in 1974, she was only 22 years old. She was a graduate assistant, but was promoted to the head coach's job when the previous coach suddenly quit just before the season was about to start. I had to grow up uh, with my young players when I started coaching, and I think that um, that really was a defining moment in terms of um, you know being able to to demand um, because we all know you get what you uh, demand, not what uh, not all the time what you expect. I mean, I expect every day for them to work hard, but the reality of it is that that doesn't always happen. And uh, quite honestly, um, you know, kids are not always as motivated as coaches are because that's our livelihood. You know, that's what they do to get a scholarship and get through college. So um, it, there, th- th- that definitely has been, you know, for me, um, a time in which I've had to change over the years because kids are, are so different now and, uh, uh, I, I, yet I, I never want I never want to lower the bar because they're underachieving. I want to raise the bar and, and try to get them to overachieve. You know, you've got to have a relationship so that you know how to best communicate with each individual player um, because you might approach one in one way and and yet you may have to be completely different with another player or players. That strong connection to her players was no accident. She always did her homework when it came to treating everyone differently, but also fairly. One of the first things that that I did was um, do a personality profile, and we used the predictive index as uh, as a profile that I think helped us to understand the individual personality and makeup. Um, Like, for example, you'll find out who... Who are your most competitive players? I think that's important to know because you, you, you want to know the people that when the game is on the line and we need to stop, you know, which are the most competitive five players on, on your basketball team. And, you know, that, that obviously, obviously helps. And then if they're not as competitive, you have to then go, if, they, if they're what we call high Bs, you know, they want to look good. They don't necessarily want to compete. They want to look good. Then with the high Bs, you've got to make sure that you constantly are, are telling them, you know, you can do this, uh, and giving them just reinforcement um, that they can because they, they're not quite as motivated um, as, as the competitive people. 
And, you know, we even have what's called AD conflict. Some some players are indecisive. I'm sure you probably work with people that were indecisive. <laughs> and they are, you know, do I pass, do I shoot? And, I mean, it, it really is It's pretty phenomenal way of um, determining how you will coach and manage not only individuals but your team. One thing Coach Summit looked for were people who were not afraid to fail, with stars like Candace Parker, who played for Coach Summit's final two championship teams in 2007 and 2008. Her teams always had great leadership on the floor. Exactly, and, and you want players like that. I mean, if you have those players, that's, that's really something that's special that takes a lot of pressure off the people on your team. They don't have that same mentality, and, and certainly um, I, I've seen that. And having a Candace Parker on our team, great example. I mean, she made everybody else on the floor better, but she also took pressure off of our team. College basketball coaches are only successful if they can combine great analytical skills with the ability to recruit and mentor the best talent. If a coach is great at breaking down film but can't connect with players who are teenagers, well, that's a problem. And the older a coach gets, the tougher it can be. But for Pat Summit, she always knew who she was bringing into the program because she didn't take any shortcuts during the recruiting process. I want to watch him, but I want to watch him more than one time. Because a, a lot of times, you know, anyone can get up and play one, one big game, one good game. But over the long haul, when adversity hits, you know, how many, how many players can sustain that type of attitude and mindset? And I, that's why in the recruiting process, you know, get to know, get to know the student athlete, get to know the coach, find out who's going to tell you what's really real. And, um, you know, that, that obviously if you go in their home, you have a much – much clearer uh, picture and understanding of how they grew up and what the expectations are in the household. Coach Summit never had a losing season in her 38 years at Tennessee. Her final 31 teams reached the NCAA tournament. The Lady Vols won eight national championships during her time there. She coached the 1984 gold medal winning Olympic team after winning silver as a player in 1976. She was the first Olympian to win a medal as a player and coach a medal-winning team. She even received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama in 2012. But when she recruited players for her teams, basketball was not the be-all, end-all. When you come to Tennessee, first and foremost, we want you to get your degree. You know, and and that that is that's why why they're there is to get that college degree and and you know go out in in the real world and. Uh, Certainly, uh, we, we hope they, they will win a championship. Um, but, you know, that doesn't happen for everyone. But just knowing that they have made that level of commitment um, to try and do their absolute best all the time, you know, that's, that's going to, to help them when they go out in the real world. All 122 Lady Balls under Coach Summit who completed their eligibility earned their degrees. Coach had 1,098 career wins against just 208 losses, a winning percentage of more than 84%. But the fact that it came against the very best competition made it even more impressive. Incredibly, in Coach Summit's 1,306 career games, more than 250 were against teams ranked in the top 10. Playing such a difficult schedule year after year set the bar incredibly high 
but it prepared the players for excellence both on and off the court. To be the best, you have to play the best. And I've, I haven't changed that. And a lot of people I know, they, they have what I call a patsy schedule. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why, unless they, well, in the, in the case with us, if we'd had a lot of young teams, uh, or I'm sorry, a lot of, uh, of, a lot of uh, easy teams with our young team, then I've had people say maybe that was, they would have gotten more confident. And maybe so, but that's not how we do it. I mean, the reality of it is when you play the schedule that we play, you're going to take more losses, but you're going to learn more lessons. The 2008-2009 season was Coach Summit's 35th at Tennessee. Late in the season, she won her 1,000th game. At the time of her retirement in 2012, 78 of her former players were coaches or administrators. And when she was asked about the 1,000-win milestone, she looked back with pride but credited all of the people she worked with over the years, as well as the university's commitment to women's basketball. I think it clearly was a, a time to reflect because of you know, just um, all the, the, the 35 teams. Now I'm, I'm coaching my 35th team, but thinking about, you know, the first and, and just walk, kind of walking through, got the media guide out, looked at it, and it's like, you know, it is, it's, it's pretty amazing um, that we reach such a milestone. And not that, not that anyone really set out to do that. I certainly didn't. But um, time to, to really give credit where credit's due to the administration uh, for saying yes to women's basketball long before it was the popular thing to do. We uh, kind of jump-started our program because of our administrative commitment. And then um, all the people have worked with me, all my staff, um, you know, sports information, uh, obviously administration, Joan Cronin, um, you know, the presidents have been supportive. It's uh, pretty amazing just, um, you know, how quickly things did happen. And then all the players, I mean, they're the ones, um, they had to, I had to go through all the practices and, you know, we have a thousand wins. I can only imagine how many practices we've had. While coach was all business when it came to basketball and schoolwork, she was also able to have a laugh at her own expense. Like the time she foolishly picked a fight with a raccoon. Well, actually I'm sitting on the back deck grilling and, um, that night the same thing happened. I was out in, uh, I uh, had some fish on the grill, which I understand attracts raccoons. After the fact, I learned that. And I um, had gone inside and I'd watched, I was watching our men in the SEC tournament. And when I came back out to uh, just walk the dogs, um, we um, started around the corner. And then the oldest lab, Sally, she is barking. And I look, and there's a raccoon uh, about to come off the rail of the deck uh, in her face. And I just screamed. I screamed as loud as I could possibly scream, and I went at the raccoon from the side. I'm not sure the raccoon ever saw me, thank goodness, because I understand they carry rabies, and I probably wasn't very smart on my part. But uh, I hit the raccoon, and when I opened up my arm to knock him off the the, uh, rail, um, I dislocated my shoulder. I tried to call the trainer, and the trainer didn't answer, so I called the team physician. And Dr. Morgan came over at about, oh, it, it was probably it was after midnight, and she and Tyler 
together uh put my shoulder back in place and um it was uh it was something that I'll, I'll never forget in the famous raccoon story she referenced her son tyler who played for the tennessee men and went on to be an assistant coach and a college head coach and when pat was diagnosed with early onset alzheimer's in 2011 she continued to coach through the end of the 2012 season but then retired at the age of 59. Here's Tyler sharing his thoughts on his mom's courageous Alzheimer's fight. Well, when my mom was first diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you know, there were a lot of things that we wanted to do. Um, and we really felt like mom was, was given a platform by God to do something. And so uh, we started the Pat Summit Foundation. Uh, my mom, me, and, and, my, and my, my wife, Andy, actually was one of the ones that, that had the idea. Um, and so everybody listening can go to patsummit.org and to learn more, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really about raising the awareness of Alzheimer's and, and giving people courage. You know, something that my mom has always done is she's been an open book. You know, she hasn't hidden anything. She has always been open and honest. And so for her to be able to come out in a very, frankly, uh, embarrassing disease and still uh, show people that, that she's fine, that she's going to fight it, and that she knows that God's in control. I think it's given people a lot of strength and a lot of courage. Pat Summit lived for five years while battling Alzheimer's, passing away at the age of 64. In that interview from 2009, after her 35th season coaching the Lady Balls and before she was diagnosed, she was asked what she was most proud of. I'm most proud of all the young women that, that wore the orange and did so with great pride and left the University of Tennessee with a diploma and knowing that they could be successful in life. They have the life skills to do so. I only met Pat Summit once. It was in the early months of ESPN News in 1997. I was the daytime coordinating producer and normally I was in the control room for seven hours of live television every day from 12 until 7 p.m. We were in a very small control room that you entered from a sliding door. One day, as I was probably halfway through my shift, I heard the door slide open and some people walked in. It was Coach Summit and Carol Stiff from ESPN's programming department. It was very unusual for anyone to come into the control room, so I did a double take when I saw who was there. Coach was in town for a book signing in nearby Farmington and was touring ESPN with Carol. Coach Summit introduced herself, as if any was needed, and started asking me questions about how we did the show. We chatted for maybe 10 minutes, and she could not have been nicer or more attentive. It's a memory that will stay with me forever. Although Hall of Fame coach Pat Summit, perhaps the best women's coach ever, died way too young at the age of 64, the marks she left on women's basketball and the lessons she taught us about leadership and courage will never go out of style. Pure Thoughts is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.